Hello and welcome to the Three Musketeers podcast. Introducing the brothers behind it, Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Join them on their journey as they discuss unconventional topics from different perspectives. Real experience with key speakers around the world. Yes, so we recorded this episode previously. Uh, there was a few problems with sound and the quality of it in terms of I don't think we did justice the topic. Um, we went too broad and the topic we're going to talk about is BAME in workforce because we can talk about race, racism, school, education. Yeah, You can go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, and we probably will in different episodes and have different people's perspective views on it. Yeah, yeah. I guess for for me, one other thing to for the audience is if there's if there's topics that you know the audience want us to discuss, um, please um, let us know. Um, for us to to contact us, you you know my my Twitter handle. We will put it somewhere on the on the bio on the bio of of this episode, but also obviously yours. And eventually we'll create one for the, the podcast platform. Yeah. Um, so back to topic. As I said, BAME in workforce. As you've been working longer than me and you're older than me. Yeah. Um, I want to get your perspective from when you started working and to where we are now in 2020. Okay. To see if there has been a change in the working environment and the workforce overall. Because... For the past two years, we've heard more diverse workforce, more diverse workforce. But I want to see, have you seen it since 2011 to where we are now? Okay. Um, a very open-ended question. It will touch different aspects that we want to leave for different yes. topics, but I'll try to keep it brief. So a bit of content to the timeline. So I started my first job post-graduation for my, I guess, degree, which is computer science, in 2011. I was working prior to that, but it was part-time. Um, but I'll not go into I'll go to 2011, walking, you know, to my first job uh, as a graduate. Over the years, and I'll just dive into it, over the years experiencing seeing what I saw uh, and feeling how I felt. So... And maybe we'll talk on a different topic or not, but there's this, there's a there's a word that pops in my head, and it's called acceptance. For me personally, again, my personal my personal experience, I felt accepted many years after coming into UK. Again, I'm not going to go into details about that, right? But last year, it took me many years for me to feel accepted. But I don't know what it was when I stepped into the workplace. Subconsciously, I was worried about what people thought about me. Even if there was nothing in my head first day, that was a worry already. So 20% of my mind was reserved on make sure, you know, um, you walk right, you talk right, you know, you don't say a joke uh, that's too far because you don't know people's sense of humor. It, It just played in my mind. So every day when I walked in, 20% was reserved on not me being me, but worrying about what people thought about me. And I think that was created because I thought, I didn't thought, I know it's different. So the, so you talk about the BAME. 
I walked in and, you know, this is in South Wales, in Bridgend, which is, you know, it's not a diverse um, area, even though we're people from different uh, backgrounds, quite a young generation. I had that feeling. You walk into, you know, a a Bridgend, which is predominantly white. Yeah. I felt welcomed. I didn't feel like threatened or being looked differently. Why are those associations? But back in my mind, it played a factor. Do you see this as an aspect of like culture shock? Because going into coming from an environment such as your university and our school was very diverse, and most schools are to a degree, and then going into a workforce where you go, "Ooh, this is a complete different." That, yes, you're making a very valid point. It could have been it could have been that that played a factor. So, a place that was very comfortable, diverse, you know, school. Yes, people that you can relate to, and know you know they from they understand you, yeah, your they challenges. Understand, yeah. They understand the the bands and everything. Yeah, and then you go to a workplace. As you said, maybe it was that factor, the the culture shock, if you want to call it. Yeah, that I felt that. 20% of my, of my brain had to be reserved on how I was perceived towards people. So do you think that held you back as well? Not giving you all to your role to your job, as in if the company was like, okay. Well, let's put it this way. Did they help me back? Yes. Because I'll tell you why. If 20% of my mind every day is reserved, non-work related, I'm not given at all. But also, I'm not comfortable in my own skin. Because you have felt uncomfortable asking questions or challenging people. Uncomfortable, no. All the responses that you had, do you like, well, am I... Uncomfortable, no. But I think at times... So, I progressed really quick in my career. So, I was as a graduate and within a year or two, or a few years, I was a manager. So, to your question, there was times me challenging I was worried how I'm being perceived because I was quite young and I thought you know the person I'm talking to in the 40s and 50s yeah that played a part but to your point in my mind it played a part where I wondered does he or she for a second will go well who the hell are you you know Hamid from Afghanistan telling me what to do as a manager and that's very difficult in your mind trying to not let that thought process overtake you while you're trying to do your duty in a, in a workplace. Back to the main point from 2011 to 2020, especially in the IT sector, it's not very, or is it very diverse? Um, it's got a problem on its own with the IT sector. So IT sector isn't diverse... There's lack of females in IT sector. That's a huge issue. There is, I mean, we're in South Wales and there's a lack of BAME people in IT sector because IT, and again, maybe a different topic for a different day. For our culture, and you know this, you know, from our, from our community, there are three, um, I guess, career choices that the parents want their kids to do, right? Yeah. The top, the, the, the top three ones, which is doctor, Medical, um, accountancy, lawyer, right? So IT isn't in the top three. That's why, in my opinion, you have you don't have a very 
you don't have a lot of people saturated from our background going to the IT route. That might have changed in the past few years, but I haven't seen that filtered through in the senior management roles. And I think that's one of the problems. So to your question, from 2011 to 2020, I'm in a very senior role now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I, I've, I've, I guess I've been in a senior role um, for, for a good few years now in different organisations. One of the reasons is I want to pave way for others to realise, you know, doesn't matter where you're from, you can actually have a senior role. But at the same time, it's got its own challenges. When I look around at the seniority level around me, and there is, I'm the only BAME, let's put it this way, across every organisation I've been, I was a single BAME within the senior management role. And I held it in three different organisations. And from me upwards... I didn't see any from the BAME background to hold any roles. Wow. Just to give perspective to you, so statistically, looking at Sky News, BAME people just only hold 4.6% of UK's most powerful roles. Know the fact that population rise is 18% of UK's BAME, but less than 5%. Is it bad to say that doesn't surprise me? It's not bad, but it's the fact that people are talking about it and going, look, it's, there is an, an issue with uh, BME reaching the top level. There is or there isn't? There is. Of course there is. Uh, but the, th- the, the thing which I want to find out is, is it going to a better place? Are we moving with the times? Oh, obviously, it's a bit slow. Yeah. There's no denying this. But are we slowly making some movement towards the right direction so the fact that we're talking about it a lot more is a is 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 the right move and if i make a reference a few years ago um you know the the c-level as they call it the senior roles when they start looking at that they realized it was very unbalanced lack of females in in the senior roles um and if i that was addressed very um, promptly in organisations that I worked with. Yeah, by many organisations. But by many, I think, yes, they took a stand to say, look, this isn't right. I guess what's disappointed me, um, that was, when that was spotted, there's an issue. Every organisation took a stance and trying to address it. And I think they have addressed it there or thereabouts. There's still inequalities. I'm not going to say there isn't. But they've addressed it very quickly. Now, if I look at it from a BAE perspective, how many years ago it was highlighted that's an issue? Yeah? Yeah. And how quickly are they trying to address it? And I guess the question is why the pace was a lot faster. For certain. For when they realise there's inequality with, you know, lack of females in those uh, C-level roles compared to BAME. One of the questions could be there are lack of BAME, you know, for those roles. And look at the statistics, yeah. They've done a comparison of 2017 to 2020. There's not that much increase in different sectors. For? for So they've done it by top 10 UK women fashion lifestyle magazines in editorials. Mm-hmm. No movement, still at 20. For BAME? Yes, BAME leaders. I think the one which stood out is 
there is only one BAME within senior sectors of law and police and arts and culture. I guess are you highlighting a problem? Are you highlighting a different problem as well? That there are certain sectors that are way behind. Yeah, in- but also, is it up? Is it? Is it a lot of interest? I come back to those top three. Yeah, and um, you know, medical, lawyer, accountancy, creative industries, culturally, you know, my parents or you know other people's parents, they wouldn't encourage their kids to go to those sectors. So you lag them behind anyway. Yeah. Now that's changed over the years because you have you know um, first generation, second generation, third generation that have been brought up in you know in this environment, and they go, do you know what, you can go wherever you want to go. Yeah. So I think that there's a there's a factor to that as but, well. But only one in the legal sector, and police and security. I guess that answers your question from a stats perspective. And as you said, in three years, you've not seen much movement, or based on the stats. Based on the stats. I. If you do the same stats comparison for um, when they highlighted there was a lack of females in the industry to, you know, a few years later. Well, that's what I worked. I saw that change while I was there and I was there for less than two years. So when it was highlighted, the stats were out there in the news and then actively our organization said, we're going to make some changes. Uh, plain devil's advocate. So... People talk about diversity and workforces are trying to do it. As you said, we've seen some organisations make movements with this. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've seen a few comments on that. But why do you think organisations... Because it's something you were preaching two years ago. Why do you think they should promote a diverse workforce? I'm a CEO for me. Let's just pretend this. I Why should I hire more BAME? I sat in a... Uh, very interesting conversation from a human psychology neurology and they mentioned they gave an actual example they had case studies where there was one group case study that was all male there was one group study that was all female and they had to make some decision making choices um I can try to pull out um, the, the reference I'm making to, but what was fascinating is the decisions that made that the male group did and the female group they were different, yeah, yeah, and then they then went with yeah the case of number three where you had a mixture of them, and apparently our neurology as males is different to females, so you would need to have a female on your organization because they will have an insight that you fit your your biology just don't have. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. So you know you're you're much more emotionally um, in in, te- in you you've got higher you know emotional intelligence. You know, I'm just giving an example. If you're a female, and you need to have that when it comes to executive decision. So to your BAME, yes. right? There are several factors, but what the why they highlighted is your life experience and what you've gone through, your cultural differences actually wires it differently so you 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 almost see not life that sounds really philosophical you see you see uh, things from a different view. from a different perspective and if you don't have don't if you don't have those opinions you're not going to get the, the perfect answer no and if you don't have someone 
within within your team from those backgrounds, you could easily make mistakes. H&M. Do you, do you remember H&M a year ago, two years ago? No. They did a hoodie of a a kid wearing... Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let me come to your point. You, we talk about there's a there's a lack of diversity. I've, I've, I sat in an organized. I sat in a very high level. Um, I'm not gonna say um, where and when, but we had head of councils of UK. Yeah. Manchester, Wigan, Birmingham, and they were saying we want to have a we, we we lack diverse workforce. And I sat there and I said, well, your 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 sea level is that diverse? No. We also want to have a diverse sea level. You know, your your higher tier, yes. senior management. So to your question, is it a what? Are, what are you missing if you don't have a, a you know a, a diverse um, senior management, exec management, C level, whatever you yeah. want to call it? My example, let's let's go with education for the sake of it. I'm a I'm a woman. Uh, you know, my religion is Islam. I wear a scarf. I wear a hijab, right? I'm a teacher. I want to become. A, I want to go to to a um, educational institute uh, institute to be a teacher, right? I have concerns about praying, about fasting, about, you know, my hijab, you know, how's that going to work, etc. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the C-level, the exec management, someone in there that I can say they'll understand my problems. So you can, someone who can relate to you. Someone you can, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so if I come to you and you have no idea about my, about my religion, yeah, and I say, hey, son, you know, X, Y, Z, Where's your? How are you gonna know? It's theory based, yeah. Yes. If I talk to you, <laughs> if I talk to you about racism, but you never experienced racism, yeah, Islamophobia, whatever. Yeah. How, you can't, you can't really answer me or give me that confidence that you know what I'm referring to. So I'm that teacher or potential teacher. I look at the organization. I'm like, do you know what? You, you, you. Your name is John. Your name is Mark. Your name is Sarah. But I, I can't. There's, there isn't a connection. Do you know what's going to happen? That lovely person who wants to become a teacher will be will not apply for that role, will not join that organization. Yeah. Yeah. Not only you haven't. So so what does it do? You don't have the. You don't, that's why you don't have a diverse workforce because you don't have because you your applicants go well. Hang on. Well, how would I know you will understand my problems? And by doing that, that person who's going to be a teacher. And if she had the, imagine she had the drive, the ambition to, to, to be the person who want to pave the way. She's not going to join you, push through the boundaries, you know, make a career 20, 30 years on the line to become the C-level. So it's almost like a, it's a really difficult situation that some organizations are in because they want to have a diverse workforce, but they don't have a diverse C-level. And by not addressing that, you're not going to have a diverse workforce that will work through that you know, the, the layers of management to get to the sea level. That's a very interesting way to put it. But you, there was one thing, and I showed you the research from nothing 2018 and 2019, where they had two different CVs, identical, different names. Yeah. And I think one was Mohammed something, and one was John Smith. But John Smith had a lot more, what you could call, callbacks for interviews. Do you, Again, do you think? Well, I think I think some organizations do this. No names on CVs or no names yeah, on applications. There's, there's, there's been an initiative which has been beautiful. I know a friend of mine, um, 
Ali Abdi, if you're listening, I'm giving you a shout out. Uh, he's, he's, he's pushing organisation South Wales to do that exact initiative a bit more. Um, and I think you should. Yeah. I mean, I think we did the age one a long time ago. They said you don't need to put the ages on CVs. Yeah. Because people could be ageist for certain sectors. So things tired of people go, okay. But and it could be sexist as well. Let me ask name. you a question. And by the way, I'll come back to you about your WordPress and what your experience. Yeah. yeah. You remove the name, right? Yes. You, John, yeah, Smith, go to the interview. Me, Mohammed Ahmed, goes to the interview. Yeah. So we did that. They haven't seen our names. We both go to the interview. First stage, second stage, whatever you want to call it, right? I've done interviews. Yeah. People come in, and then I, I get a chance to you question, know, them. question them, and then I compare. I say, you know, you're in, you're out. Next stage, whatever. You remove the names. Great. What's stopping you coming to the interview? I go to the interview, and the person who's interviewing you just feels more inclined that you're you're better suited. How how do we stop that? That that's something I don't I don't have the answer. And that's like unconscious bias. We can't. Uh, no, uh, and that's the thing. You're fixing you're fixing an initial problem, not the full problem. No, as if, but slow steps. And I've experienced this. I went for a job interview. I passed it. Um, and I remember the the, um, the recruitment guy saying uh, everyone's guy they loved you, but the feedback was like your your face your face wouldn't fit in the clientele. Was it a, f- a face model? No, it wasn't. It was it was, a, <laughs> it was within my IT sector. So so explain that to me. What does that actually mean? They don't like my face. Did they like your face for the clientele? Okay, for people of the camp, people. Who, can't see me. That's why you stick to radio. <laughs> no, but it's a valid question. That's what he told me. Did I get angry about it? Probably. But I was like, do you know what? That's probably just the way it is sometimes. You've got to take it to the chin that your face or your names won't fit, won't fit in. Wow. Okay, so how would you... What's the first step of encouraging workforces? Especially now. I've seen a lot of workforces, um, even in the creative and theatre sectors, they're saying, okay, there's an issue, we're looking at it. Which is great, the first step. But where where do we want to see it to go? You're asking me a million dollar question. Um, and two, nobody wants jobs given to people, handed out, go, oh, they... No, I, be, I told, I, I'm, I'm, I'm against that. So, I don't want someone says to me, oh, by the way, you tick the BAME box, you get in. That's unfair. You get a promotion. That's unfair, and that's not what I'm preaching here. I guess the question is, where does this stem from? And you mentioned subconscious bias. Yes. Where does that get developed? In, in schools. So so they, I, I guess that's one of the things you can... St- so to the root of the problem, I guess, right, or the root sol- uh, you know, solution is that you need to start getting those subconscious bias out of... Um, the younger generation mindset, the way they've been brought up in schools. And there was a study done in Channel 4 a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, where they tried to do that. Yeah, they did the first school where they tried to make it to be non... Non, non-biased. Non-biased. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's where the problem is. Because uh, for people who don't know, I've, I've been going back to school for many years and universities and events to literally talk about me, but one of the purposes behind it is exactly that. Because when I go to school... I simply say, my name is Hamid, this is my journey, don't do this, do that, this is my personal experience. 
okay, I've gone to a very diverse school, but I've, I've gone to, you know, not a diverse university. Diverse university. People have related because there's a, there's a, there's an age relatability and a career relatability. He's gone through what I've gone through. Yeah. What I'm hoping will happen when I go to school, universities, I don't mention anything about my religion or anything about where I'm from. Those associations that these days happen, your mind just connect those dots. When that person, he or she becomes a senior manager or a director or, or whatever down the line, what I'm hoping would happen is over time slowly is when Mohammed applies or Mark applies or whoever, they don't see a difference because they go... Oh, a long time ago. A long time ago, there was a guy called Hamid. He came to our school to advise me, so there's nothing wrong with him. It doesn't have, you know, I'm not going to talk about, you know, racism and Islamophobia and all other stuff, you know. But you're reminding people at a very young age that Hamid and John or Mark or, you know, Sarah... They're just names. That's all it is. We're the same people over the same journey through different paths. That's all it is. And at the same time, you then force organizations to not just talk about diversity and inclusion. There's encouraging it. Because there's one there's one way of talking about it. And I think a lot of organizations are talking about it, but it's actually doing things. So I think you go into schools as you said, is doing things, as in, is encouraging BAME to go, oh, okay, I, I can do computer science. Uh, I can join this company because Hamid isn't yeah, this exactly. manager. Exactly. Why can't you, Why can't um, the government yeah, create a course, mandatory course, and get all the exec across every organization to attend it? We can't because it's coronavirus. So no, it's I know, it could be online. But what I'm trying to say is, the course will highlight, you know, the question that you said. Yes. Why is it good to have a diverse workforce? Why is it good to have a diverse senior management? I think that would be the eye-opener. So, for example, if I'm an MD, if I'm a CIO, COO, whatever it is, right, we talk about it. I, I, I There might be a course I'm not aware of, right? You go on a course and you actually realise scientifically the benefit of it. And I think, you know, most organisations have to solve start to represent the population. Otherwise, you end up doing something foolish. Yeah. Obviously, in your field, advertisement... Yes. You advertise something without realising, and it's happened so many times, without realising that's actually offensive, you know, on that culture, on that religion. Um, why? Because you haven't got someone in your workplace that is diverse and go, um, person no, X. We can't <laughs> do that. You know what you do? You know that logo... Or that colour, or yeah. that symbol, that's actually very offensive in my culture, in my religion. Yeah, and so- sometimes it's the obvious stuff. I don't think that people see. As I said, like you stopped me. I was saying H and M. So they did a hoodie of a, a a young black kid, and the hoodie that he was wearing said, "Coolest monkey in the jungle." I think at no at if there was a BAME workforce. Somebody would have went, no, I don't think we should have that kid doing that hoodie. Where is the common sense? Who who has authorised that? No, that person probably is not there anymore. But that that highlights, and there's been so many of those, that highlights the problem. Yeah, as as, as you said, my sector, marketing and advertising, I think there is a huge lack of. But there's a more of a, a, not not a divide, but a different, because you're trying to market different groups. So, so talking about your sector. Yes. Tell me about your 
experience. So, you know, you've been working for a few years as well. Yes. Obviously, you've worked in a few organizations. Yes. Different timeline. Obviously, yeah. where you're working now, you've been there the longest. Um, have you ever felt your, your color? Yeah. Is your, hold, ethnic, your ethnic. Your ethnicity is holding you back. Is, has held you back. Um, I don't think looking back now, possibly, but I think when I first joined, because me and you have totally different personalities. I'm cooler. <laughs> um, my team is very understanding and acceptance of me. Yeah. Um, my manager. But I think the people who taught me the most, as what you call it, mentors, yeah. were BAMEs, but they were not within my organization. Which is odd because I had people who were great, yeah. but I couldn't click and learn from them. Yeah, but you know you said, looking back. Yes. You think he held you back. Yes. Now... Because I don't think I could relate to them. So, 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 so do you think that's internal? You know, I mentioned when I went in. Yeah. It was, my surroundings made me uncomfortable and put doubt in my own mind. I th- yeah, I think... Is it, was, it similar to yours? I think it, I think it was a bit like, I don't want to say something and I look foolish. I don't think they'll understand what I'm trying to say. So for me, that's very interesting because... And I think it's when you become more vocal and then you become more confident and you go, okay. Yeah, but I think what you're also highlighting is what's not been seen. Yes. So, um, for example, a good few years ago, um, the word hidden stability came around. Now, disability is that you can't physically see. Oh, okay, yeah. But it's there. Yes. I'm not making any relation with that because, you know, I, I know people who have hidden disabilities, right? But my point is, you go there, you look happy, you go nine to five, whatever. I went there. He and she, many of the thousands of millions of people go to work, right? But my manager, your manager, or their manager, or managers, or senior management don't see this hidden restriction that you're carrying, that I'm carrying, and other people carrying yeah, to I, work? I, th- I think it's it's an issue for all grads, as in you can't fully express yourself coming to work. But I think it's even more extended for BAME, things that you can't relate to. And if, you, if you're a female and you go to an organisation which is all male, it must be awkward. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is very is universal in different ways. Yes. I think when you talked about it, and I'm pretty sure... When you were fully able to express yourself, do you remember that moment as in going, okay, I, I'm i not going to let this 20% hold me back. I'm going to say... Yeah, yes. And it was someone that you, someone you said that you could relate to told you this. Yeah, so I'm, and I've mentioned this before um, in a talk somewhere. Uh, I want to say it was in Manchester. I was reflecting back. Funny enough, he was talking about diversity and inclusion and why that's an issue and subconscious bias. And I'm, so my talk kind of started and I said every day, which is what I quoted here, every day I went to work and I was worried about what people thought about me. Um, the way I walked, the way I talked, you know, everything. It was 20% every day reserved. And then one day we had a new director. Uh, again, I'm going to give it a shout out. Um, Sam Toombs. She was a new director at the time in that, in that organization. Went to her and there was just something about her. And she said, look, you just be you. I toot, I genuinely believe in you. Uh, you just be you. Without going to completely off piece, as I say, she was a director and she still is um, in an IT sector. So she was a minority 
in the sector anyway. Yes. She's a yes. So there was a relatability factor because I could, without without words, she could feel what I feel. So so she she was in that position previously and going oh wait there I know I know he's a, he has a lot more potential. Yeah, but also, she, I think when she was younger, she felt what I felt. Yeah. That 20% reservation. You know, the, exactly your quote, the universal yes. factor, you know, grad, BAME, if you're a female and you're in a very male-dominant sector. So the way she said to me, she goes, Hamid, just, just be you. I believe in you. And yeah, she, get, she, she gave me that confidence. And you're talking three years, after, three years into my first job, yeah? Yeah. When then I... When I I dropped my guard when I when I actually gave it hundred percent, hundred percent of my mind and my soul sounds really cheesy was for that work, and it felt so nice. And since that day, and I've it's a quote I've used: "Be yourself." Yeah, I thought you were really going to come with a really like an amazing quote there. No, 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 no. <laughs> the quote that I've used is: "Accept and know every time you walk through a door." And this is a quote I use every time I run myself. I don't need to these days because it's automatic. But every time I walk through any door, in any organization, any event, speaking, whatever, yeah, I know there is someone who won't like the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I am, the way I look, what my name is. I've accepted that. And by accepting it, that someone, there's just some people out there that just don't get you, yeah. It feels so much better. Because I'm being by myself. And the quote that I used, you know, when I've got is be yourself. Because, you know, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, and again, it's a completely different topic on your own. If you're not comfortable in your own skin, it holds you back in so many different ways. You have worries about perception, about progression, about confidence, about... Um, depression because you just don't feel like you're being you but I agree with your statement be yourself but it's it's not a position that people should be in as in you shouldn't have that 20% I think that's the main issue you go okay it should be more of hey it's okay we understand you we're gonna help you progress blah 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 uh, yes so so I think what you're saying is <laughs> probably 2011 yes week one week two I go to an introduction. Yeah. And I don't know how. They somehow made me feel comfortable. Well, let me put it this way. The magic pill that they were like, okay, I'm accepted. No, no, let's put it this way. If Sam wasn't there, how do you think you'd be now? If Samantha Toombs was the person who said to you... On week one? When when she joined as a director, yes. If she wasn't there. I still would... I still had a 20% reservation. So, as you said, you... It comes back to leaders and mentors, whatever. Yes. If not everyone has that. No, no, no. I was very lucky. But the point... But let's put, let's revert on his head. If Sam was there the f- week one, my mentor, someone that I look up to, someone that I can relate to, yeah. was there on week one, right? And said, you know, Hamid, Hassan, whoever, welcome, it's okay. Whatever the... I don't know, whatever that makes you feel you don't have to create this persona. Yes. From week one... I would have been relaxed 100%. Not three years. That's what I'm saying, but you were lucky. Of course I was. And I was lucky that I, like somebody was there, I was like, oh, okay. But I don't think it, 
it's that obvious in most sectors. It's probably a good topic to talk about sometimes about mentors and the right mentorship. You could talk about mentors and mentees. Yeah. Um, or mentors and reverse mentoring. Or one of the words is um, Sam would be a good one to have on that. It's um, called mentors session. and mentees. You just named it. Uh, but back to BAME, right? That's that's the hidden problem that people aren't aware in the senior roles. You have a workforce right now, a certain percentage. The stats is there because now you're forced to record your ethnic minority category, right? That could be 20% held back because of the surroundings and the environments that you've created, not purposely, yeah. just over time. It's a historic culture behavior. Behavior is the wrong word, apologies. It's the um, historic culture setup that he or she or that any person would walk in and they have their 20% reservation. Yeah, and, if, and if, you know, if it's a sales rule, that's 20% of sales just to. And I, hey, let's not forget, I'm saying 20%. It could be for someone, it could be 30 or 40. It, yes, it could be a lot higher. So, to your original question, is it a problem, you know? What's the downside of not having a diverse workforce or diverse senior management? Is that? Yeah. If you, I sat in a meeting today when we we're talking about efficiencies. How can we, you know, improve our, you know, efficiencies in our workplace? Well, if you've got 200 people, I'm just picking a number, right? And you say 20%, you reduce 20% of the throughput. Yeah. What does that give you? That's a ridiculous number. Yeah. From a, from a number wise, from an hour-wise, from an effort-wise. So people love numbers. Yeah, business organisations and business. And there you go. So, so um, to, to your question, how do we sell it? Yeah? To, to the senior management. To the yeah. people who sit on that, you know, 4200 senior management role, right? How do we sell it that you... The problem... With, the problem with having lack, lack of diverse workforce. Give them numbers. Potentially, you're losing X amount of effort every year. Yes, that's the best way to sell it. And I think that's why... I think I've just sold it. There's no solving stuff. It's obviously... The theory is there. Is actions is what we need. Uh, but I think that's why diversity in work is important. Um, yes. To sum it up, I think I've got the final stats. So from 2017 to 2020, it was 3.4% of BAME were leaders, representation-wise, and now it's 46 from 2017 to 2020. Did you get the female? No, it'd be a lot lower for female BAMEs, and it. No, 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 female, male. No, that there was an issue, obviously, several a good few years ago. That'd be interesting. Do Do you want to wrap it up? Um, yeah, I think the topic of BAME is very broad. Yeah, we'll have to explore it again on a, on a on a different topic because it stems after different issues, and we talked about. Younger generation education, you know, and he goes into that and he talks about the sea, you know, the sea level. I think we've just touched the surface. As, as I said, I would, there'll be other guests we'll have, which will give different Definitely. views from different sectors. But if you said, a summary is the wrong word. What was that? What was the point of us talking about BAME and, you know, your ultimate question? Yeah. Why should I, why should we have a diverse workforce? You said you cracked it. I, okay. I don't think I've cracked it, but. I think if we look at stat-wise, if I'm hoping me and you're not an anomaly, if there are these hidden percentages that are holding your workforce back 
20%, 30%, 40%, and you multiply that by 200, 2,000, 5,000 people, there are companies that have got like 200,000 workforce. You are missing out on so much potential, but also utilization and capacity within your workforce. So for people who love the numbers, go and work out. That's your FTE, that's your efficiency to, to work out. But also you've got to realize that I'm not feeling, you're not feeling, or did at the time, comfortable to in a workplace. That isn't nice. That could leave, that could lead to toxicity and, you know, um, mental health and other issues for me and for you and for others. Yeah. So that's where you should have a diverse workforce, but also promote the, you know, promote the idea, give the people a chance to progress within the organization, you know, with, with the right merit. I'm not saying just progress because just could be Amy, right? But give them a chance to progress because when you start to have a diverse, not just workforce, but diverse senior management, you will naturally and organically attract more, you know, much more diverse workforce. So organizations are spending lots of money, lots of marketing to get, you know, to, to, you know, create roles that is applicable for much more diverse, um, people. Yeah. And they're throwing money at it, courses, whatever. But what they're missing out is if you have a diverse C-level, senior management and exec management, organically you will attract people from those minorities, communities from the BME because the relatability factor, it's so much more powerful in our own community, in our culture. So there's the two sides of the spectrum. Why the benefit of the uh, diverse workforce, but also the benefit of having that C-level would, you know, with a much more, um, you know, a, a, a BAME representative in that uh, in that level. That's how I summarize it, in a well, way. And that's it. It's a very long summary. Apologies. I'll leave it there, and we'll end on that note. Thank you all. Join us again when we discuss interesting topics. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Three Musketeers, hosted by Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Don't forget to share and follow. As more thought-provoking episodes with guests around the world will be appearing soon. See you soon.